RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to another edition of the Real Animals Podcast. Today, I'm super excited. Get to talk with my good friend, Captain George Gods. He is the host of Unfathomed TV. Uh, He is also the man in charge at Flatline Charters over there in Jensen Beach, Fish and Stewart in Jensen Beach. How are you today, George? I'm wonderful. Thanks for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. It's, uh, I've been wanting to get you on here for a while. I'm glad to, to finally get a little bit of time to uh, let the Real Animals audience, who I know a lot of my followers are followers of yours as well, and giving them an opportunity to get to know Captain George a little bit. How does how does this whole thing start, George? I mean, how do you go? I mean, how fill people in on, on how you become Captain George Gods. I mean, the TV show, you know, you got a, a hundred shows and eight seasons of real time with Florida sportsmen and now your new adventure. Where did all this start for you? Well, God, you know, I grew up fishing. That's all I did. And I always had a passion for it, but I was hesitant. I was always hesitant to make it a career. So, you know, I pursued other things and, you know, maybe 15 years ago or so I decided to get my captain's license. And like a lot of people just started kind of dabbling in it and doing it part-time Got busier and busier and busier, and fortunate enough that I'm in a great location. You know, the Stewart area is so diverse with its fishery. It's you know a destination for a lot of television shows to come and film. And I was fortunate enough to be a guest host on multiple different shows. And at the time, Florida Sportsman Magazine uh, was based here in Stewart, actually still is today. And they had Shallow Water Television at the time. Shallow Water Magazine was still in existence, and uh, they had asked me to be. Uh, host or a guest host on their show on shallow water television, then on Florida Sportsman TV. And that kind of opened the door for real-time Florida Sportsman. I formed a relationship with the guys at Florida Sportsman Magazine. And this was back in the day, really prior to social media, where, you know, we had these forums that were pretty popular. And Florida Sportsman had a very popular forum at the time. And we just, uh, Blair Wickstrom, the publisher, came up with the idea of, you know, creating a show based around that forum where I traveled around destinations throughout the state and fish with just local people. You know, after they posted a report, I tried to go and kind of mimic what they did. You know, highlighted their fishery, highlighted their destination. And uh, so that was the start of it. It was a web-based show, you know, 10, 15 minutes uh, per episode. Kevin Brothers, who produces both of our show now him and i started out kind of just jumping in the truck together and just traveling these destinations and creating these short little web-based stories and then fortunate enough the magazine was purchased by uh, you know a parent company that has a sportsman's channel and they needed assets for the channel and just kind of evolved and moved over to the network you know and then i think it was like seven eight years of you know successful years with the magazine uh, and the show on sportsman's channel and it was just time, you know, last year I uh, decided to kind of venture out on my own and start on Fathom and do my own thing. So kind of how I got to where I am today. Where did where did the inspiration, uh, you know, come from? How did you, you know, I mean, I did years and years. I was with News Channel 8 here in Tampa, the big NBC affiliate in Tampa. And then, you know, I did that for 10 years. And then, you know, that relationship just kind of fell apart. Um, and my inspiration came from some other people in the industry that said, Hey, you know, you can do this on your own. You know, they were my production team. They were my, 
my contracts. They were my sales team. You know, I didn't have to do, you know, too much more than host the show, a little bit of sales, but, you know, um, and the relationship for me just kind of went south. How did, I mean, you're gone from, you know, you're not going to do real time with Florida sportsman, you know, where does the inspiration come from for unfathomed? How did that whole thing start? Well, I've always enjoyed hosting the shows and telling the stories and traveling to different destinations and doing that. So it was, I knew I still wanted to be a show host. I just wanted my own freedom. I wanted to be able to do what I wanted to do, really. I mean, I wanted the creative freedom to also travel outside of the state. You know, I was tied to Florida Sportsman Magazine, and they were very hesitant about me traveling outside of the borders of Florida, which I wanted to do more of. You know, after a hundred episodes, I mean, you start to do the same thing over and over and I just wanted something different. So, I mean, I, I, you know, excuse me, I remember even talking to you back in the day and, you know, I was hesitant to go out on my own and you kind of, you know, even inspired me to go on and a lot of different hosts in the industry that I had spoken to. And I think the most important thing was, you know, having the relationship with the sponsors. I always prided myself on trying to have a personal relationship. And once I got confidence where I felt I had that relationship, those relationships in place and I could go out on my own and they would come with me, they trusted me. That's what kind of pushed me to do the, take that next step and, and really go out and, you know, start on top. I mean, just like you at the time, I, I wasn't really involved in the sales side of it. I was just a host. I didn't really have to worry about, anything else and it was a it was a big learning curve and, but you know i surrounded myself with some good people and got some good advice and you know even to this day that we're learning as we go you know it's uh, the work in progress i think every season it's our second season that's airing right now and i think we're getting better and better but you know, we've got a great production team and you know it's fishing we're just trying to go out and tell tell some stories yeah no doubt well you do you do a great job of it you know that i'm a i'm a big fan Let's let's talk a little bit about your fishery over there, Jensen Beach and Stewart. What 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 do you guys target mainly? Or do you do mostly inshore stuff, offshore stuff? Where's your where's your heart at over there? Well, I've got it here for fifteen years. And the great thing about this fishery it is diverse, but I would say probably a vast majority of what I do is snook fishing. You know, regardless of weather, regardless of conditions, we can go snook fish. We have an excellent snook fishery. You know, we only not only have the Indian River, but we have the St. Lucie River, which is somewhat similar, I think, to the Caloosahatchee, where it's that deeper, darker body of water that holds the heat in the wintertime, and the snook just love that. They just, you know, they flourish in that kind of condition, and they can survive the coldest of winters, and there's an abundance of bait in there that they can just get there in the wintertime and just kind of stay warm and keep fat, fattened up. So snook fishing is my primary, um, primary thing that I do, but... I enjoy offshore fishing just as much. I mean, any opportunity that we can to run, to run out front and fish for pelagics, whether it's dolphin or sailfish or a little closer in for cobia, permit, regardless of what it is, I love getting outside and, and, and doing that because just because it's a little bit different. It's a little mundane after you snook fish all the time. I hate to say that, but it's nice just for a little bit of a change. Another great thing is that we have the proximity of the Bahamas. You know, when we take, when I take a vacation, that's where I like to go. It's something completely different. The water looks completely different. The fishery is different. And it's just a, a great location that I travel to with the family and the kids in the, in the summertime. And you know, we just got, actually got back from a, a week long trip to Chuck, uh, Chubkey and, 
in the Bahamas and filmed two episodes over there. But those are the kind of trips that, you know, I really, really love. So is, is, you know, now that you're being able to travel a little bit, um, do you have a, a favorite destination or do you think you're still searching for that yet? You know, it's funny. I didn't do much. I never did much traveling for fishing, you know, until the show came about. And I was, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that's, I'm happy at home. You know, uh, people will tell you that I'm just kind of a homebody. I don't really need to travel places to, to be, you know, to, to seek happiness. I kind of appreciate the fishery that I have. And I still don't feel like I've, I've learned it all and knowing up to, you know, at home, much less travel around and try to do something different. But with Unfathom, you know, we're, we're starting to, travel out further you know we've taken multiple trips to guatemala which i truly enjoy because not just the fishery but it's the lifestyle it's the culture it's the tradition that you kind of get to witness we had a wonderful trip there that we filmed two episodes that will air this season where you know we went to guatemala obviously the fishing is incredible you're catching multiple sailfish out of pacific fins resort i mean the fishing is incredible but then we, we fished two days but then we took time and we flew over to, to call to the, you know, the um, old mine ruins and spent, you know, three or four days there. And to me, I get just as much enjoyment out of doing those kind of things, you know, taking in that culture and those traditions and, you know, being a part of it. And we had a, you know, a, a, a mine uh, shaman do a, a fire ceremony for us. And we got to, you know, walk on these great temples that were 2000 years old. And you know, those are the things that, you know, I really, I'm appreciating today, you know, taking in the local flavors, the food, the, all that stuff. I'm trying to slow down. You know, sometimes I just get going and I can't enjoy it. And I'm learning to kind of slow down and enjoy every trip that we take. And, um, just to use, and in Bahamas, I would say too, is one of my more favorite destinations, regardless of what Island it is in the Bahamas. I just enjoy it. It's just a different pace. It's, it's the water is so beautiful. The fishery is so different. That's where I've just loved to go and decompress myself. Yeah, well, that's what it's about too. When you, when you're guiding, you know, a couple hundred days a year, and then filming shows and everything else, it's it's about having that special place, that special way to decompress. I think that helps you stay leveled off. There's no, there's no doubt about that. So, after 15 years or so of guiding. What are some of the things, George, that you could tell listeners that could possibly help them become better anglers? Ooh, Any God. tips? Something? Yeah, putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing that replaces time on the water. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things you just got to get out there and try different things. Don't don't ever do the same thing over and over. Um, but I see these these learning curves are getting flattened with social media. You know, there's so many different resources available now for people to kind of learn different techniques. I mean, you got to think 20 years ago, we didn't have any of that stuff. We had magazines, books where we talked to other captains that took us under the wing. Nowadays, it's almost, I hate to say this, it's almost too easy for some people. And uh, I just want to be careful the way I say this. There's a lot of, you know, when I first started guiding, you had to put your time in. You had to learn everything on your own. And it just seems like it's not quite what it once was. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older. But, <clears throat> you know, people can come in and they see you fishing a certain spot and then they can just the following day set up in the same exact spot. You know, eight spots get get 
noticed and they get put on social media and everyone knows where the bait is. You know, for, for the longest time in our area, bait was the hardest thing to come by. You know, if you couldn't find bait, then you were tougher. You know, you were out of luck. And to find bait, you needed to be on bait every day because it moved. And that was the hardest right. thing. And then they, you get guys and start selling bait, which is fine. But, you know, if you're a guide and you go, you know, get the, the client to spend a hundred bucks extra and, and buy some bait, you know, it kind of, and then go fish, you know, other spots where you see other people fish. It kind of, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I just don't think some people are, you know, putting the time in that's needed. But I would say for the average guy to go out there and learn, you know, there's so many different resources and, but the time on the water, spending the time on the water, um, you know, not doing the same thing. Don't get into routine. Always try new spots. Always try different techniques. I, I think what people find is they get successful at one thing. They start catching fish, and they just continue to do the same thing over and over. I tend to get bored, and, you know, even with snook fishing, I try to mix things up. I try to try different tackle, try different spots. Um, you know, just even recently, it's funny, I I fish the same spot over and over, and I, I fish it a certain way on a certain tide. And just recently, I, I changed it up. I know I'm going to fish up current. And this time, you know, I started fishing down on the down current side, you know, away from the, on the backside of the structure. And I started to notice, well, God, there's more fish on the backside than there is on the front side. And well, I've always assumed that they were more on the front side. So even myself, I try to kind of change things up and continue to learn, you know, and taking different people on the boat too. You can always learn new things from different people. I, I, you know, even though I do this full time, I still think you can learn things from, from your clients. You know, everybody does stuff a little bit different and just kind of got to be a sponge and be willing to take in new techniques, new tips from other people. Yeah. I think that is one of the things that separates the good charter captains from the great, the great ones never stop learning. They just keep they keep grinding. They're never satisfied with, you know. Um, I talk about a lot of times, and whether it's you know when I'm filming shows or when I'm doing seminars with different captains or what it is, you know the the very best of the best are super detail oriented, um, you know. And I think those you, you notice at least I notice in those guys a hunger. They're not they're not they're not happy just that they caught the fish. They need to know why they were there, where they were yesterday, where they're going to be tomorrow, you know, what bait source, what water temperature, what wind direction, you know, what tide. I mean, they have to know every little detail about that situation to fully understand the scenario that they caught that fish in um, to be happy. And then watching them use that information the next time you're with them, or use different information, the information they got the day before or whatever, the way they put all those pieces together, to me, that's what separates the really, you know, the good charter captains from the great. Because with all the information out there now, like you said, you know, it's not that hard to go catch fish. But to catch really good fish on a regular basis, on tough tides, on tough days, uh, you know, the day after front, things like that, I think that's what separates the good from the great. Yeah, I totally agree. I also yeah. too, you know, you, you can find somebody that's a great fisherman one month out of the year. They can catch, you know, giant snook one month out of the year. But, you know, you go find them in December or go find them in February, you know, when, when they're not chewing and, and get them to eat. That's, you know, if you can catch them year-round, you know, that makes you a, a really good angler. 
Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, do you do you prefer to to do bait fishing or do you prefer to throw artificials? Or does it matter to you? It doesn't matter. You just want to catch them. I mean, personally, myself, I mean, I love to throw artificials. It's just hard when you have clients, especially in this area. You need to get multiple people fishing, and the expertise level is not always there. And You know, our fish are lazy. They're so lazy where the bait's not right in front of them and the presentation is not perfect. They're just not going to eat it. So you can have a, a, you know, a, a good day catching artificials where you catch a couple fish, or you can have a great day of live bait where you catch 50 snook. Now, most people want right. the action. So the action is, you know, it's with the live bait. It's just, I'm sorry to say, just most of the time will outperform the artificials. So as far as chartering, you know, most of the time we're live baiting. But if I'm out there fun fishing, you know, um, and we got to do some filming this week for, for, for my hard bait sponsor in Missouri. And we're just going to go out and just throw hard baits. And I, I love that. I love to get a topwater plug. I love to go searching, you know, finding, finding, you know, those fish and get them to eat a topwater plug. To me, that's, that's everything. Yeah, I agree. I, I love throwing artificials. There's no doubt about it. Let me ask you, George, you know, with all your time with Florida Sportsman Magazine and filming shows, as many shows as you have all over the state of Florida, What's your opinion of the fishery in general, the state of Florida fishing, if you will? Well, I hate to be pessimistic about it. And I almost feel like, you know, somebody's older grandfather said, well, when I was a kid, you know, the fishing was so much better, but it's just, I've, I've watched it decline. You know, like I can speak uh, of my area. I've watched the, I've watched the water quality deteriorate. I've watched the number of fish decline the amount of bait decline and you know I, I think finally we're trying to make some headway with these water quality issues that i think are imperative for you know the improvement of the estuary in our area you know but we used to have these you couldn't walk through the Indian river without tripping over grass and now there's just just sparse amounts of, of, of the grass that was once there i think they said like 80 percent of the grass is now gone so when you lose all that grass, you just, everything, it's just, it's a domino effect from the smallest bait fish to the smallest trout to the, you know, we, we were once not as one of the best sea trout destinations in the world. I mean, the world record was caught in four piers and it's hard enough today to go out there and just even catch a trout. I remember when we used to go on charters and you didn't have to throw a live bait. You could throw artificials and you could catch them all day long. It's just not that way anymore. It just seems like every year it gets tougher and tougher. And maybe it's because there's more pressure on it now too. You know, more people are fishing. Technology's improved. The boats improved. Trolling motors. I mean, we have the ability to sit on a spot now and just whack fish. Where before you had to, you know, you drift by a spot. You have to go drift past it again, or you have to anchor up. You never anchor up perfectly. Now, with your, you know, the tap of a button, you can move your boat five feet one way or five feet another way and get in the perfect position to make the perfect presentation over and over again. So I think the fishing is definitely getting tougher. I think our, our quality of our fishery is, is deteriorated some, but I don't think it's, you know, past the point of, of no return. You know, I, I have a, 12-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son, and I want to be sure that they have a good fishery, you know, when they get older and for their kids as well. So pretty active, pretty involved in, in water quality issues. I try to stay, you know, in tune to what's going on. I'm on an advisory committee with Captains for Clean Water and just trying to do my part to kind of help the future. Yeah, well, that's a good thing there. And 
captains for clean water, Chris Whitman and Daniel Andrews have done a great job. Um, you know, they've come a long ways in a short period of time and hopefully governor Ron DeSantis and, and, and all that work just continues to pay off. I hope that the direction that I see and feel that they, that they've got things rolling. I hope it continues to roll for them. I'm a big fan of captains for clean water myself, and I hope they just keep you know, pounding wood and get those water quality issues. You know, water quality is everything to the state of Florida. You know, tourism is so important to what we do each and every day, not just us, the fishermen, but, you know, everybody. You know, they come, a lot of people come here to fish, but uh, a lot of people come here just to go to the beach. And when the beaches and the water, you know, is nasty and algaed up, you know, that's that's not going to be a good sell. You're not going to get that person to spend that kind of money again on a vacation when there's other places they can go. Um, yeah. So I hope, you know, I hope as a state, as a, as a community, we all come together and make sure that, you know, that gets taken care of. You know, there's been way too much, you know, dirty laundry in that whole issue. You know, we voted to start those projects down in, you know, Lake Okeechobee and those projects kept getting put on hold by crooked politicians. And I just, I hope that, you know, the, the mileage that it seems like Ron DeSantis has got us from where we were. I hope that continues to grow. So especially for fisheries like yours and, you know, all that stuff down to the south of me here, down towards Fort Myers and Naples and Sanibel. I hope all those areas start to improve. So, and I commend you for what you do. You know, again, you know, a lot of people, I know a lot of captains that spend a lot of time on the water. They've been fishing here their whole life. And it just seems like to me that there's too many of them that are take, take, take. That, um, you know, somebody like myself, somebody like yourself, um, who I feel have been completely blessed to be able to guide in this incredible state and then, you know, let it turn into so much more, you know, with the TV shows and the radio shows and all the opportunities we've been given. It's great to see you giving back as much as you do. I, I, I commend you for that. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, a lot of guys feel that it's a double-edged sword. You know, you want to bring attention to it, but at the same time, obviously, your business is going to suffer some. You know, we especially saw that the last couple of years with the water quality issues. You know, a lot of people weren't willing to speak up out of fear of people not coming here, which I get. But at the same time, if we don't speak up now, if we don't fix the problem today, there will be no tomorrow. You know, like I talked about, there will not be no fish for my kids. So you got to bring attention to it. You have to get informed, you have to get involved and you have to, you have to have some kind of stance. You have to stand for something, you know, if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. Find, find something to believe in, stand in, get behind it and be a part of it. Just, you can't stick your head in the sand any longer because just, we only got so many years of, you know, where this, you know, this estuary, these, these fisheries will not come back. So now is the time for sure. Yeah, it's one of my great, my great bitches. I say it on the radio shows all the time. You know, there's nothing I hate more than a captain or an angler who just stands on the dock bitching about, you know, the red snapper fishery and the closures and all this stuff. And then, you know, when you ask them, are you a member of CCA Florida? No, I'm not. Are you a member of Captains for Clean Water? No, I'm not. Well, you know, what are you doing besides standing on the dock and bitching? get involved, put some time in, you know, I mean, you're out here every weekend, every day off using this 
you know, resource, but you don't want to do anything to help it. But stand on the dock and ditch drives me absolutely nuts. And at least over here uh, in the in the Tampa Bay area, we have a lot of that problem. A lot of charter captains and a lot of anglers that just sit around and bitch and complain, but they don't get involved with these organizations. You know, they don't go to Tallahassee. They don't put any time in. They don't put any effort in, which I get. You know, I'm a member of Captains for Clean Water and of CCA for the reason of I don't have time to fight those fights in Tallahassee that we need to have fought. And these great organizations do that for us. So hopefully people will, you know, jump on board and get behind and help, you know, Chris and Daniel as they grow and CCA as they grow and keep things going in a great direction. What's, uh, what's new for unfathomed? What's, uh, what's on the, uh, what's on the, the list here coming up as we roll into the near future? Well, you know, we're just uh, rolling out the new season, 2020. Several of, those, several of those episodes have already aired on the Sportsman's Channel. Uh, we're going into quarter two. All the episodes will air, one through 12, I think we have this season. So uh, a lot of great new episodes this season. Um, you know, went to Louisiana, went back to Guatemala, went to the Bahamas. Just a lot of different things, a lot of good stories. I think the guys over at Colorblind Media are doing an awesome job. We've got a lot of great feedback on the first episode that aired, we were down in Key West with uh, Captain Pepe Gonzalez and did a show down there and kind of showed that Key West lifestyle. Um, you know, and then we're just going to kind of regroup here. We're just about done. I have half of an episode left to film. And once that, ep- that part wraps up, we'll just kind of regroup, kind of take a breath and then look forward to 2021. 20, you know, it's crazy that we're already thinking that, but you know, a lot of things are changing right now with, uh, with everything that's going on. So, you know, there's no telling where we're going to be, you know, six months from now, a year from now. So I'm hopeful that, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to pass and we'll come out of it on the other end better. Um, but we're just going to have to take a wait and see approach for sure. So the best place to find you is Sportsman's Channel? Sportsman's Channel. We are on Sportsman's Channel Q1 through Q3. And then uh, we also have our shows airing on uh, World Fishing Network. And then I like to roll them out to social media as well. I'll play with them to YouTube once it's aired under the network. You know, the first season's all available on my YouTube page, Captain George Dodds. So you can go there and see all those uh, episodes. And all the 20, 20 episodes will be out there eventually as well. I think I, I put the first episode for this season. A lot of people are looking for some content to watch right now. So I, I put that one out there for, for people to see. Good stuff, my friend. Unfathomedfishing.com for more information on Captain George God's TV show, flatlinecharters.com. If you're headed over there, Jensen Beach, Stewart, wanted to fish with one of the best in the state of Florida. Uh, always have appreciated your friendship, my friend. I appreciate the time. Uh, I know things are a little tough right now uh, with the world. I know your, uh, your better half works in the medical field. We're certainly uh, wishing her... Uh, safety and uh, good health through all this crisis uh we're always thinking about you brother like i said i appreciate your friendship uh in this industry and uh thank you for your time today for joining us on the real animals podcast thank you for having me i really appreciate it hey gang hope you enjoyed that podcast my good friend captain george gods you know we've been friends for a long time in the industry he's a a great charter captain a great tv show host Uh, we have the same production company on the tv side so we have a lot of great things in common i was really looking forward 
to that podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you. The Real Animals Podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and ritampabay.com. Please, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And the Real Animals Podcasts are presented by Contender Boats. <laughs>